all of your faces today. How many is excited what the Lord's doing? Can you feel it? Can you feel what God's doing? And I'm so excited. Um, I'm getting ready for 2020 already. How many know my vision's going to be clear? Thank you, Jesus. And uh, I just really feel in my spirit praying for 2020. I really have an expectancy that 2020 is going to be the year of God's miracles. I really believe that with all of my heart, not just pumping you up to get excited about something in 2020, but I really feel the manifestation of miracles are going to happen in your lives. And not only in your life, but in my life, thank you, Jesus, and also in this church and in North Phoenix, Arizona. I believe something very special is coming to our church in 2020. I believe there's going to be a strong manifestation of the power and the demonstration of God. How many want to see the demonstration of the Holy Spirit? Amen. And I'm just excited about it. And so I've been really positioning myself to hear from God in this season and really prepare the church where we're going to go. And so I'm going to take the next four weeks, and I'm going to be talking to you on a series called I Quit. And it has a little, a little twist to it, and we'll get into that in a minute. But then I'm going to close out the year after I quit on extravagant faith. Because I believe God wants to stir up our faith. I believe God wants to get us a heart of expectancy to expect a miracle in 2020. I don't want it to be an average year. I don't want it to be just another okay year. I want it to be a year where it is very special by the hand of God. Amen. And so I believe these next few messages are really going to set you up for 2020. And so I'm going to ask you to really take in these next few weeks. And if you have a notebook, get a notebook and begin to take notes and reflect on the notes when you get home or maybe re-listen to the teaching because I believe over the next few weeks as I talk about I quit, God's going to begin to unlock some things on the inside of you and set you free. And he's going to set you up. Say, I want to be set up. And who better to be set up than by Jesus, amen, for the good things that's coming. And so I'm just praying that the next few messages or even today's message will set you free and expose some areas of your heart that are holding you back. And I can guarantee you every one of us in this room, including myself, has this area that we need to quit in. And so my message today on I Quit One is I Quit Making Excuses. I tricked you guys, didn't I? I quit making excuses, and I'm praying that the Lord will show you the areas of our life where we make so many excuses why we're not doing what we know we need to do, why we're not obeying God in certain areas of our life, why isn't change really happening when I've been believing God all these years for something to be different in my life, and it isn't happening, and I believe it's because we default to the excuses in our life, and some of them may be justifiable excuses. It may be things that really you've struggled with and it is a handicapped, but I believe most of them have become our default and they become what we lean on when God stretches us and requires just a little bit more from us. But I believe God wants to take us into a season where we get uncomfortable and I want him to show us the excuses of our life so that we can break those excuses and really step into what God has for our life in 2020. Amen. So I want to ask you today, what do you want or hope different in your life? 
What do you want or hope to be different in your life? Some of you in this room may say, I want to get more healthy this year. I want to get this body in shape. Or maybe you want to read your Bible more faithfully. You know, maybe you came into 2019 going, man, I'm going to be faithful in the Bible. And you got through a few chapters. It was like, oh, man, messed up on that one, right? Like, we have good intentions, don't we? But we want to get past those good intentions and press into having the success of what we desire in our life, those places that we want change in our life. Maybe you want to be more committed to the church and find a place to serve. Thank you, Jesus. I'll take that. Amen. Maybe you want to win somebody to Jesus this year. Maybe you have some friends in your life that you know need to hear the truth of the gospel, but you've been afraid or you wasn't sure if you should or how you should. Should Those are things that we need to recognize the excuses as to why we're holding back. Amen. So if I was to ask you this morning, what do you want If I could sit down with every one of you individually, I could say, Elder Mike, what do you want in your life? He could tell me, right? I think every one of us in this room immediately could say at least one thing or two things that you want in your life. Maybe it's a behavior change. Maybe it's an attitude change. Maybe it's a breakthrough or maybe it's health or whatever it is. We all want something to change in our life, amen? And that's the area that I want to talk about this morning. So my point number one is this. As soon as I decide to be different, As soon as you make that decision, Satan will give you every excuse to stay the same because the enemy doesn't want you to change. The enemy doesn't want you to identify the patterns in your life that are holding you back from the breakthroughs that you long desire for. I can tell you today with certainty, it is not God holding things back in our life. It is us making excuses in our life why it isn't happening. I ain't making enough money. I don't have enough time. I this, I that. We have all these reasons why we default out of the will of God. Amen. And so I'm going to show you a story that Jesus recorded in the Bible in Luke chapter 14, verses 6 through 18. And it says this, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servants to tell those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. But Jesus said they all alike began to what? Make excuses. What is Jesus saying? I believe this is the hour that we're living in. It's not like it always was. This isn't the hour of preparation anymore. This isn't the hour where I have to labor anymore. I really don't have to try to fight for the breakthrough. Jesus is saying the banquet is ready. He's saying, my blessings are here. My deliverances are here. Your freedom is here. And he's telling the servants, go tell those it's time for the banquet. But guess what? People weren't listening to them. They made up so many reasons why they weren't coming to the bidding of the great banquet's feast, which was laid out for them for free. And we don't understand why. Why weren't they coming to the banquet? Maybe they've never been invited or felt worthy to come to the banquet. Maybe they thought they got delivered to the wrong house. This wasn't for me, right? We don't know why they didn't respond, but the few stories that we do hear about, they made these incredible, ridiculous excuses why they weren't ready to embrace embrace the the banquet that God has prepared for them, or in this symbol, the servant. It's one of the excuses that we find out is one guy bought a field, and he said, listen, I'd love to come, but I bought a field, and I need to go see it. Now, think about that. That field ain't changed in 24 hours, has it? (laughs) 
And nothing he can do with that field. But he took pride in something that was more important to him than to hear the clarion call that the times are changing. Forget what's important to what you think is valuable, but listen to the bridegroom calling, I have a feast for you if you will come and attend that feast. But this guy made an excuse, listen, I bought this field, I'm going to go put my car in it, and I'm going to camp on it and look how good God is. But miss looking at something that he thinks is good and miss the greatness of God. See, we can't make excuses in this season any longer. We need to identify what excuses are we making that are holding us back from God. Another man said, listen, I bought five oxen, oh, excuse me, oxen and I got to go try them out. I got to test them. What are you going to do with an oxen, right? He's going to go apply for the, a plow through the field. He's going to test out his oxen. He has no awareness of the season of the time. We have to be aware of the season of the kingdom we're coming into. It is not an average season. It's not another, let's get a good thing for the church and do something great. No, the spirit of God is coming down upon this country. And there is going to be a move and a revival like we have never seen before. Something unique to God. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I know it's going to be powerful. And we need to be ready and see, I'm not going to have my excuses. I'm going to listen to what God is trying to say in my life, and I'm going to simply obey him. There's another man that was approached, and he said, hey, listen, I just got married, y'all, so I'm not coming. I'm going with my bride. Now, I'm single. If I was about to get married, I'd be like, I'll be back in a month, too, you know? I would have compassion on him. But what he was saying is, listen, my family's more important to me. I've got to have my marriage. I've got to get my children. I've got to get all this together. But he's not understanding God is having a clarion call because the time is changing, amen? And so what happened? The, the, the servant said, well, let's go get the lame. Let's get the poor. Let's get the blind. Let's Let's get the crippled. Let's go after them. And the servant said, well, actually, we've already got all them, and there's still room at the banquet. See, God is saying, my season is open. It's time for the lost to come in. It's time for the broken to be set free. It's time for the addicts to be delivered. It's time for marriages to be restored. It's time for the wealth of the wicked to be laid into the kingdom of God to do a work. God says there's still room and there's still time. And he said, if, you, if they come, won't come, go to the highways and the byways and bid them to come. Tell them to come. Challenge them to come. Get them excited to come. So guess what? I'm your cheerleader today, and I'm telling you to get ready. Get excited for the banquet that's about to happen. Get rid of all the excuses that are delaying or distracting us for what God is about to do. Amen? And what happened? They were making excuses after excuse why they couldn't sacrifice whatever was important to them to come to the banquet. And I want to ask us this morning, and I'm in this boat today because I've been seeking the Lord this last week. He's put this passion on my heart so strong. What excuses are we making? What excuses are we making why we're not serving God, why we're not obeying the voice of God? I'm not trying to tell you to do what I think you should do, but I'm asking you to do what God is calling you to do and say, Lord, it's going to be your will and not my will. I'm going to not wrestle with you any longer. I'm not going to contend with you. I'm going to lay my life down. If you're calling me to serve in the church, I'm going to find a place to serve. If you're calling me to bless someone, I'm going to bless them. If you want me to give more than my tithe, I'm going to give more than my tithe. I'm going to obey what the Lord is saying in my life, I'm going to remove the excuses, amen?
And I know all of you here today, including myself, we want things to be different, don't we? We want to live better. We want the the distractions of our life and the bad behavior and the patterns to be broken. And you may be sitting there this morning and saying, but I've tried it. I've been serving God, I've been trusting God, and yet I'm still battling in this situation in my life. And I want to share with you this morning the reason why you're still struggling, because you are trying to do it in your own ability and not do it through the power and strength of God the Father. Because you're not going to change your life and what you're going through through your own ability. That lasts for just a minute, doesn't it? But when you partner with God, God changes everything. There's a statement that says, I would like to do this, I would like to change this, but. First service, I said, we all got big butts, but it fell over like a lead balloon, so I won't say it this service. (laughs) I would like to do that, but, and fill in the blank. And and some of them may be justifiable. I'm not good enough, Pastor Barbara. I'm not smart enough. I I don't feel spiritual enough. I don't have the time, right? There's always time. I can do it later in my life. I'm young. Young people, I can do it later. I'm young. Some people may be sitting here today who have success and your life is happy. And you may say, I'm better than most people anyway. But I can tell you in my life and my walk with God, I don't want a cap with God. I don't want a ceiling with God. I want God to remove the ceiling this year. That is my heart's cry to God. Remove the ceiling in my life. I want something new and powerful and anointed and life-changing in my life. And God, I will follow you to the ends of the earth. Wherever you want to take me, I will go. Amen. Whatever excuse you have, it's time to remove them. We're coming into the new year, and many of us make New Year's resolution. How many are, I'm already writing in my journal my New Year's resolutions. But there's a statistic that says by January, 40% of people stop their New Year's resolution. And by February 15th, not even a month and a half into their desire to really want to change, 75% of people quit their New Year's resolution. Right? Why? Because when we come into these new years and we've got these ideas that we want to change, we have our own good ideas, but we don't have God's ideas. What is God trying to say in this season? Because when you want change, when you want deliverances, when you want addictions broken, when you want patterns changed, you can't do it in your own ability. We are too weak, but with God's ability, we can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. In my weaknesses, he is strong. So instead of doing your own thing and trying to find out your own way and what you want, find out what God wants in this season. Partner with God and let your inability connect with his ability and let the supernatural begin to take over in your life. Amen? So you have good intentions, but this year we need to get God's intentions in our life. And let me explain the difference for you. Good intentions is this. A good intention is surrendered around, centered around me. This is what I want different in my life. It's all about me. I want, I want to go on a better eating habit because I want to, you know, look good or I want to fit in that outfit or whatever. I want to have muscles or whatever and, you know, everything that's trendy. But if you find out what God wants, you can attach to God's purpose. Amen. So your intentions can't be about you. They have to be God-centered. So what is God's intentions in your life? What is God saying? Because when you know what God says, now the difference can begin to happen in your life. Amen? Instead of it being based on my own abilities and my own strength and my own resolves, now they are based on God, the creator of the universe. 
Now the intentions of my life become what? God-centered. I am intentionally inviting God in my situation and God's power in my life. Amen? I'm not going to do it on my own. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions this morning, and they may not be questions that you're used to being asked when it comes to what is your desires with God. Instead of me asking you this morning, what do you want different in your life, which is easy to do, but I'm going to ask you this morning, number one, what does God want to be different about your life? What does God want to be different about your life? God, the one who wrote the book about you, God that knows your beginning until your end, we have to stop and be prayerful in this season and say, God, what do you want in my life? What are you trying to remove? What are you trying to take away or add to? What are you requiring of me, God? And that's going to put yourself in a position to say, Lord, give me ears to hear what your spirit is trying to say to me. I don't want my own agenda anymore. God, what do you want for my life? What are you asking of me? And you may find out when you're sitting down with God and and you're in his presence and and in his word and you're being intentional about his desires, God probably wants to give you the same desires that you want yourself. But the difference is you're not going to do it on your own this year. You're going to take what you want, what God said, and you're going to put them together and be empowered by the Holy Spirit in your life. Amen? I sat down uh, two days ago, maybe it was yesterday at my desk, and I was going over my notes, and I just felt the presence of God all over me as I sat at my desk, and I pulled out a journal. I just happened to bought a journal at a garage sale, and it's 25 cents, and I opened it up, and I just wrote 2020 vision, and I was like, that's God. 2020 is going to be the clearest year of our life in the kingdom of God. Amen. And so I just begin to pen down everything, God, that I'm desiring from you. I'm going to begin, I'm going to fill this whole book up in this next couple months and going into the new year. What are the excuses, God, that are holding me back? What are the things that I'm saying no to or I'm not doing because I have all these reasonings that I default to? I want God assignments in my life. Ask God because God will speak to you. If I tell you what you need to do, If I tell you this is what you should do, shouldn't do, it now becomes the law to you. And you can't fulfill the law. Jesus fulfilled the law. So what I'm saying or expectations, even in my own life, cannot be yours. You have to hear from God. What do you want to do in my life, God? Is there any area you want to capture this year? Is there any relationships you're saying no to that I'm going to walk away from this year, right? Any bad influences in my life? What is it that you want, God? And I want to hear from you. Amen? The second thing that I'm going to ask you this morning is you ask God what. That's the first thing. What do you want, God? And the second thing you're going to ask the Lord once you've got your what is why does God want this part of your life to be different? Ask God why. Because when I know why, I can do the what. But if I'm just doing the what, I'm going to fail before the end of the year. I'm going to fail before the end of the month. But if I know why God is asking me to do this, what's the outcome? What's the end result? Because I can't see the big picture. Remember, you've never been to the banquet before. You've never tasted of this food yet. You've never seen the celebration. You don't know what it's about. But God, if you tell me why, I'll be willing to sacrifice the what. So if your desires, let me give you an example. If your desires is to lose weight or you want to get more healthy and you're sacrificing your food and all of that, find out, God, why are you challenging me this? 
Why is this a season where you're coming and you're really speaking to me? And the why could be because my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And this is my only earth suit that I have. And I need my energy and I need my strength and I need longevity to run the race of faith that God's called me to run. So I'm not sick and tired and discouraged and can't get up. I'm going to get healthy. God's saying, this is the what and this is the why. And guess what? When the Oreos come past my door and the cold milk at midnight, right? I'm going to know why, because God, I have a world to reach for Jesus. I've got a church that needs the word of God, amen? I know why. I need to be strong for my family. My children need to be healthy and strong. Now I know why, and I'm partnering. God, you said it. I know why you said it, and now you're going to give me all strength that I need to make it possible. I can resist every temptation. I can come against any fear, any spoken word that says I can't. I know I can because God is on my side. I can break every generational curse. I don't care if daddy did it, granddaddy did it, great, 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 who did it. I'm made in the image of Jesus Christ, and I'm a new creation, amen? I don't have any more excuses, amen? I can't be tired anymore because I'm taking care of myself. Amen. God's saying you feel the Holy Spirit come. This is the season to get in the word of God. You feel that. The Holy Spirit's like, see that thing over there that's dusty? Go spend time in it. And there's seasons where it seems like you can kind of come and go, and there's no, you know, we should always be in the word, but you know what I'm saying. There's seasons where, you know, it's not being drawn to you. But if God is saying, get in that word, get in that word, okay, God, what you're saying is I need to get in the word this year. And then why? I may not know why, but I'm going to do what? And then why could be because a month from now, somebody's going to walk up to you and say, I've got terminal cancer, and I don't know what I'm going to do. How am I going to tell my family? And you're going to grab them and say, in the name of Jesus, you will live and not die and declare the wondrous works of the Lord. Why? Because I knew the what, and I did it, and I obeyed God, and the word of God began to rise up. And I said, the Bible says you'll lay hands on the sick, and you'll see them recover. And all of a sudden, the word is going to come out of you, and that person's going to be delivered. But what happens is you're like, yeah, I should get in the Bible, God. I'm going to put that in my little 2020 vision, but I don't do it. And then what happens? Somebody walks up to you. I got terminal cancer. Oh, man, I'm really sorry about that. I'll let my church know so we can pray for you. We have an intercessory team. We'll make sure they get that prayer request. Why? Because I didn't understand the why and obey the what. And when God wanted to use me in a miraculous way, I was not ready. We have to understand, I've never been at this banqueting table. I've never been in 2020. Have you all ever been in 2020? Hey, we've never been there. So we have to, by faith, right? And when you know God's why, it, it activates the faith of God in you. I can do all things, amen, through Christ Jesus in my life. Whatever reason, maybe God's calling you to get out of debt in this season, and debt is a monster. I know so. Jesus' name. Reach out for that, brother. <laughs> and you feel that, like, this is the season where God's saying, get it in order. Like, you could get away from it for a while, and then God says, get it in order. Oh, okay, that's a great thing, God. Okay, 2020 vision. Now, why? Is it just so I can, you know, get that bill paid or go on a great vacation or buy a nice little toy for my family? 
No, that's still in the what. I'm going to give up on that. The next little shopping spree, the next thing that comes along, I'm going to buy it because I don't know why. But if I know my resources is to take care of the kingdom of God, if I know my resources can buy groceries for somebody, when I live in a budget, now I got a little extra in my savings and I can buy those groceries, amen? If the church, when we build a new sanctuary and we will build a new building, you're going to have the money to write that check to help build the kingdom of God, amen? If God is drawing you, there's a why. And when you know the why you're like I can budget for that thing I will obey you God in 2020 to line everything up amen gotta find out the why (laughs) and when you know the why and you aren't don't feel like you can and your abilities are there is where we can become more Christ-like and God is given the glory see God's not looking for you to perform it; he's looking for him to perform it through you It's not about us. It's about God moving through us. Amen? When it's God plus you, there's no excuses. When it's God plus you, I don't have any excuses. I can do what God's called me to do and be empowered to do it. Amen? There was nothing holding you captive that you can't be set free from. Nothing, because God already set us free, didn't he? God already delivered us, so why am I still stuck? Because somewhere I'm making excuses why I'm still here. And this is the season, Lord, show me when my mouth makes excuses. Show me when I default to the excuse and remove it from my vocabulary and my choices. But I want to choose what you want, God, amen? And I want to show you in the, uh, in the Bible where making excuses was history in the word of God in the Old Testament. How many has heard of the man named Moses? And Moses was called to take the million-plus people of children of Israel out of captivity into the land flowing with milk and honey that they've never seen before. And if you remember, Moses, prior to this event, God choosing him, had killed a man on the side of the road, remember? And he was already working for man. He was never supposed to be the chosen one. He was never in the natural one that God would say, but I want to use you. But God chose Moses. Whatever God's speaking to you, the what, he's chose you and empowered you to do that thing, whatever it is, amen? And so here's Moses. God chose one man to get out of his comfort zone. One man to get out of his comfort zone. And in this season of our walk with God, we've got to get out of our comfort zone. You need to do things that make you nervous. Praying for people in public is not in our comfort zone. Sharing Jesus with people, especially in the world we live in today with political correctness, is not comfortable in the natural. But this is the season where we're going to say, God, I'm not going to be comfortable. I want to be uncomfortable for your purpose. Use me, God, even though I'm terrified. And one man got out of his comfort zone, right? And God, he, God called him and he said, God said, you're the man, Moses. I've chosen you. And you know what Moses said? No. No, God. No, I'm not going to do what you want me to do. Has anybody ever been there before? No, God, I'm not going to do what you want me to do. And so let's look what happened in Exodus 4, verse 10. Moses said to the Lord, O Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. He's like, listen, I couldn't speak back then, and I can't speak right now. There's no way you're going to send me to Pharaoh, and he's going to set those people free. He was terrified. He said, I am slow of speech and of tongue. 
Something I've learned about my walk with God is God will always ask you to do something that terrifies you. Always. He'll ask you to do something that makes you uncomfortable because if you could do it in your own ability, then it's not God. But when you need God's ability, then you know it's God truly shining in your life. Amen. And when you do it in his ability, he gets all the glory. Amen. He gets all the honor and his name is lifted high and that's what God wants. And so Moses said to God, I don't want to do this. I'm not good enough. What was he doing? Moses was looking at his own inabilities instead of God's abilities. Can you get set free from that addiction yourself? No. I need God to help set me free. If God's calling me to set, to set me free, then he's surely going to set me free. And I'm going to ignite my faith to what he said he's going to do in my life. Amen? Moses was looking at the lack of his own power rather than God's unlimited power. You have to remember the God that we serve. He is the great I am. He is the God of the universe. He says the word and it is done. It is spoken. It is creative. That's the God that lives on the inside of you. That's the God that wants to partner with you in this season to set you free, to push you out of your comfort zone, amen, and do what he's calling you to do. And so here's Moses like, "Mm, God, you know, I'm not going to do this thing. But how many know when God wants something, he don't let go? So he got up. He kind of, I just imagine God getting a little closer to Moses, like, what did you just say to me? He get up in his face. He said in Exodus 4.11, look what God said to him. The Lord said to him, who gave man your mouth? Who made it? God's pretty sassy, isn't he? Who made him deaf or mute? I did. Who gives you sight or makes you blind? I am. Is it not I, the Lord? He's saying, do you realize who you're talking to, Moses? I know you're insecure and that's real to you, but do you realize who just spoke the word over you? Do you realize who just said, I said you can do it? It is God Almighty. I can open up heaven. I can shut heaven. I can make it dry. I can make it rain. I am God Almighty. And you know what? Moses had forgotten the God that he served because he was bound by his own past mistakes and failures, and he wasn't empowered to be who God's called him to be. So when God called on him, he wasn't ready. But God's not letting him back down, right? (laughs) The Lord's not letting him back down. He says, if I ask you to do something, won't I be with you to get it done? If God calls you to start a ministry, If God calls you to feed the homeless, launch a business, I don't know what he's calling you to do, but do you not think that he's going to be with you? He'll be with you all the way, amen? And what will happen is when you obey God and he takes you to that next season, you'll see the wonders of God you've never seen in your life. And instead of being the one who is hearing the great testimonies of the goodness of God, you'll be the ones declaring what God has done. And that's what 2020 needs to be full of. It shouldn't be just a handful of people. The church of God should be declaring the goodness and what God did through their life, amen? We should have testimonies every day of what God did through our courageous faith and trusting God in this season. Jeremiah, I love this in 32, 36. He was a young man called by God to go to a nation And he was terrified. He was young. He said, God, I'm too young. And in Jeremiah 32, he said this. The Lord said, behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Goes on to say, is anything too hard for me? So you may think, God, this is impossible. God, it's never going to change. 
I've prayed. I've trusted you. I fasted the last three years with the church on that 21-day thing. It's never going to happen. And God is saying, I am the Lord. Is there anything too hard for me? Because the only thing holding you back is not God, it is us. It is our excuses, it's our way of thinking, it's our default behavior is the only reason why change isn't happening in our life, amen? Nothing is too difficult for the Lord. What are you asking the Lord in this season? Do you need more patience in your life? I think we all probably do. Need more patience? You think, God, I don't know, God, if you can do that, think about it. The, The God that said, you have the fruit of patience, is the God that said, I can give you patience. If he said he's going to give you the fruit, he has the ability to give you the power to have patience, amen? So whatever it is you're struggling with, God is there, amen? Now let's look at verse 12, continuing to go on. He's telling, you know, I'm there for you, I'm the power of God. In verse 12, he does not give him any excuses back. God says to Moses, now go, No more excuses, Moses. I'm not worried about why you think you can't do it. Any reasonings why. He said, go, I will help you speak, and I will teach you what to say. See, sometimes God is looking for us just to go. He's telling us to take that leap of faith. We need to trust him. We want all our ducks in a row, don't we? Well, God, show me what it might look like, and then I'm going to do it. And God's like, no, I want you to do it first and watch that I won't fill your mouth. Watch that my anointing won't be with you. Watch that my favor won't be there. Watch that someone won't bless you with the money that you need to make that thing happen. But I need you to trust me. If I told you to do it, then I need you to obey me in this season, amen? Sometimes we can over-spiritualize God and we can be like, well, God, if it's your will, just send this angel down in my bedroom. Let him have white wings because I think they're all white and let him go, it's the will of God. Speak through a prophet, God. Let somebody just call me at night and say, the Lord told me I had a vision and a dream. No, sometimes God says, you already know, just do it. Just obey me. Just trust me. Just lay that thing down. Start serving in the church. Start giving. Whatever it is, just go and do it, amen? I don't care how afraid you are. Sometimes with God, you gotta go kicking and screaming for afraid. But I've done that a few times with God, and I tell you, the outcome has blown my mind. Because when you trust God, he takes you places that you never could imagine. The first thing that I believe in this story that God is, is, is saying, and I'm going to give you number one, he's saying to Moses, do what you can do, Moses. Do your part first. See, God's looking for our step of faith. Step out in whatever that thing is and stop making excuses, amen? We all have heard this saying before, but delayed obedience is disobedience. So what does that mean, do what I can do? Let's give an example. If um, I want to eat better this year, which God's really challenging me to get my strength and making sure I have longevity in my life and my body and take good care of myself, I'm saying 2020, I'm going to eat better. That means the Oreos, I'm going to do what I can do, and I'm not going to buy them. I'm going to throw them away. I'm not going to put them in my cupboard, and I don't have Quinn living with me to tempt me anymore with Oreo cookies. But Pastor Matt and Ginger sent me home with a box full of candy, and nobody knocked on my door. So guess who has all the Snickers, Twix, Butterfingers, all my favorite candy sitting there, and frozen peanut or Snickers are like the best in the world. Those little bite-sized ones, 
So I put like the tub in there. See, I'm not, I'm not doing my part. I put them in the freezer, in the tub. I won't eat them. I did. Midnight, I'm like popping those suckers in like you can crunch and go so fast with those things. So good. <laughs> but I got to do my part, right? If God is saying, and, and I don't judge this at all because addiction is addiction, but if there's something you're addicted to, if cigarettes is something, God's saying, stop it. Why? Because it can end your life shortly, right? All these things, it's not healthy. If God is saying that I don't keep a pack of cigarettes in my closet for one day in the future, no, I'm going to give them. I'm going to throw them away. I'm going to get an accountability partner. I'm going to do what I can do. I'm going to pray with someone, right? I'm going to do my part. Do what you can do. Do what's important first. Then God will meet you at your place where you're trusting him. Let me give you an example. My goddaughter, um, she hadn't ridden a bike yet before. It was time for her to ride a bike. So her mom and I took her outside. And she was a little nervous about it. And uh, knowing she's full well capable of, uh, she was tall, so she was capable of riding a bike. But how many know it's scary when you haven't done something before? So she's like, I'm kind of afraid. I don't know how to do it. And I said, well, listen, your mom and I are right here. Really, she shouldn't have trusted me because I have no strength to catch her. But I'm like, your godmom's right here, honey. I got you. You know, you just, you have to start pedaling, sweetie, because I can't keep pushing you along the way. You got to do your part first. And when you start pedaling, I'll be right here to catch you. I'll watch for you, right? That's what we have to do with God. We have to start doing something. He's not going to guide you along the way. Sometimes Sometimes he says, just go and trust me. Just be obedient. I'm going to be right here. I'm not going to fail you. That temptation may come. That addiction may arise. But I'm right here. I got you. I'm empowering you with the ability to do what you need to do. And that young girl, she fell a couple times. Then she got right back up on that bike. Next thing you know, that young lady is down the street. She's like two blocks down. I'm like, get back here. Where are you going, right? But that's the freedom of God, isn't it? When we start taking off by faith and we know we can do something we've never done before, we go places we've never gone before. There's a freedom of God. I'm not stuck here any longer. I'm not in the same place that I've always been. I'm going to get those training wheels off. I'm going to get on that bicycle of faith and I'm going to trust God in this season to do what I know God said I can do. Amen. But you have to do your part and I'm running out of time. So I'm going to go to B, the second part of this. Do what you can do. And number two, trust God to do what you cannot do. Trust God to do what you cannot do. He told Moses, go, but I'm going to be with you. I'm going to teach you along the way. I'm going to be your voice. I'm going to say things to you, and I'm going to give you the courage to do what I know you can do. I'll be right here with you. Amen? There are some things that we need to do by taking our step of faith with God. Go and God will help you. I'm going to share this story this morning. When uh, I've been in ministry, as you all know, you've heard my story. But two and a half years ago, when my parents came to me and they said God's called us to another assignment, um, I was like, oh, what am, what am I going to do if you guys are leaving? And he said, but you're going to take over the church. And I was just like Moses. I said, no, I'm not. I don't want the church, God. I know what it takes. Not that I don't love you all, because I do love you all. And some of you weren't even here when I first took over. So I didn't want the church. I knew the work that it was going to take. And plus, I had my own internal fears and excuses. I had my worries. One, I'm a woman. Two, I'm an unmarried woman. There's all these reasons why, God, there's no way you chose me to take this church. There's no way I feel the people will receive me. Plus, my dad's shoes are like size 32 shoes. 
And I'm like, size five down here. There's big shoes to fill. And I knew that. I know I'm not here. I know what I can do in Christ, and I know what I've done for God, but I was engulfed with this. There's no way God chose me to pastor a church as a single woman. I think there's only one other woman that I know in America that is a single woman leading a church, and that was terrifying to me, and I didn't want to receive the challenge, but I walked in this sanctuary, and I started praying, and I said, God, what is my assignment? You know, a a church looks like you should have a a man and a woman, and that's what everybody expects, and it looks right, and it feels right. This is not comfortable to me, God. And when I was a youth pastor, back in the day, my first time youth pastoring, God called me to be a youth pastor, a single woman in my early 20s to youth pastor, and I embraced that call of God, and I became a youth pastor, and it was amazing. We had a move of God, and we had kids getting saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. It was a genuine, I didn't think about any of my excuses because I was young, and I didn't care at that point, you know, but I, I surrendered to the Lord. So fast forward to this time, and God's calling me to take this church, and I feel so inadequate on this call. And I, I walked to this office or this sanctuary, and I just started praying, started praying. Let me rewind really quick. When I became, came to Arizona, I had an agenda of my own. I wanted to get married. I wanted to start my own church. You know, we have all our plans. What do you want, Barb? This is what I want. But God had another plan. He had a what and a why. And he asked me, and I was invited to be a youth pastor at a church in Mesa, Arizona. I'm going to tell you right now, I did not want a youth pastor. I had pastored for four years. I was 32 years old. I was too old for youth ministry. I didn't want to do it again. I knew the time and the commitment it would take. And I ignored the call. I never called the church back. I ignored God. I just did my own business. And I was walking and praying one day, and the Lord said, I wasn't even praying about that youth ministry because I wasn't going to take it. And I heard the Lord say this. He said, will you do it for me? I was like, oh, why did God have to say that? Like of all things, did you have, but God knew that I would do it for him. I didn't want to do it, but I knew what I could do with these kids in four years to change their life. And we built this ministry, and we equipped them to share the gospel on the streets. We went to L.A. We did missions trips. We won them to Jesus. They got filled with the Holy Spirit. And for four years, we saw this incredible fruit in a ministry the entire time I did not want. But I became fruitful to God. Why? Because those kids mattered to God. And he knew that I could do it, even though I didn't want to do it. And I still get testimonies all these years later. So here we are fast-forwarding now to the churches being put on my shoulders, and I am just struggling with this. Incredible fear and insecurities. And I just walked in this sanctuary, and the first thing I did is I, and the Lord told me, this is your assignment. I said, okay, God, I receive it. But I threw my hands up in the air, and I said, God, this is not my church. This is your church. And this church will either be built by your Holy Spirit, and it'll be built on the assignment of God, or it'll be built, built by nothing because I am not going to take responsibility of it. I took the what. Yes, I'm supposed to take the church. Why? Because I know I can help change people's lives. I know I'll obey God. And all I said, God, is give me ears to hear what your spirit has to say. Let me hear your voice, God. Give me courageous faith to obey you along the way. And I promise you that I'll obey you. I don't know if I'll always get it right, but God, I will do my best. I know the why, so I receive the what. And I swear to God, I thought those first two services, I'm like, ain't nobody coming to church. I called my dad. I said, I don't think anybody's going to come back. He's like, oh, no, no. I'm like, yeah, it's because you ain't the one having to show up. Nobody's coming. I know it. 
And I walked in that Sunday. I came in a little late. The place was packed. And then the next Sunday, packed. And then all of a sudden, people are being delivered at this altar, filled with the Holy Spirit. Salvations, marriage restored, addictions broken. We have hundreds of stories what God has done because one girl that felt insignificant, one girl that said, you couldn't have chosen me, God. One girl that was so worried about the opinions of man. I literally waited every day. I'd get a piece of mail on my desk. I'm like, oh my God, that's, that's it. That's the mail, hate mail. I'm not supposed to be a preacher. Here it comes. You know what? Not one. Not one. Why? Because when you obey God, he covers you with his feathers. He covers you with his wings and his grace. And it may come down the road, but I'm good now. I'm happy. I love the church. I have to tell you, I love this church. I love all of you to the depths of my heart. I love your children. I love the pastors and elders. They are my family. This is important to me, and this is important to God. Amen? And something that I was terrified of and I didn't want because I thought I would fail, God showed up. And my inabilities met his ability, and look what God is doing. And listen, this is just the beginning of what God is doing. He is going to touch and change this area of Arizona. Phoenix, I saw the Lord showing me in prayer. Our church was like a church hid. God had us hid for a while, but he's taking the veils off of us, and we became this lighthouse. It's like God took the lighthouse, and he's raising it up, and we're going to be a light in this city of hope and healing and restoration. People who aren't serving God because they got hurt, lost people that are, need to get saved, we are going to be a light to this city. We're just a piece of what God is doing in this city, but thank God we are a piece, Amen. We are a piece. And so what happens when I connected to the why, I could see the church growing. It wasn't that I didn't know how to build a church. I was afraid I would fail. But I knew the why and invited God in on it. And when you invite God in on your insecurities, guess what? Faith begins to rise up in your heart. All of a sudden, you realize, I can do anything God asks me to do. I have faith for it, knowing God is on my side. And if he's with me, he'll never leave me or forsake me. Amen? He'll never abandon me. He is right there by my side. Amen? So listen, your assignment this week is, I quit making excuses. Amen. We're going to rewrite those. We're going to cross those out of our life, and we're going to be set free to do what God's called us to do. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and stand up on your feet this morning. Father, I thank you and praise you for this amazing church and this assignment that you've called all of us to, God. This is our church. This is our assignment. This is our purpose, God, our piece to play in this incredible move that you are forming in the Spirit. And God, I only simply ask for you to do for them what you did for me, and that is give them ears to hear what your spirit has to say. Let them hear you so clear in this season, and let them obey you and partner with you, God. No more excuses, no more delays why we're not stepping into who or what we're called to do or be. We receive, Father God, this challenge. We give you praise. With all eyes closed this morning, I want to give every one of you the opportunity to receive Jesus as your Savior. Maybe you're away from him and you need to come back. Maybe you've never received him. This is your moment to be empowered with so much faith with Jesus. I want everyone to repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, 
forgive me all of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and my Savior. And God, speak to me the what. Show me the why. And empower me to change. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Praise God. I want to say this morning, if you said that prayer and you meant it with all of your heart and God touched your life today in any way, pull out the card in front of you. It says, I choose. And mark on there, maybe rededication or Jesus for the first time. Fill that out. Bring it to our wonderful altar workers over here. We want to bless you with the Bible, but we also want to give you more information on your walk with Jesus. What does it mean to have a relationship with Jesus? Amen. It's more than just saying a prayer. And we want to teach you how to do that. So anyway, I love you all so much. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. And we'll see you next week for the next I Quit.